Welcome, family. This is the month of July. We're still honoring and and, uh, and focusing on the precious blood of Jesus. Amen. Try to get to Mass as often as possible. Try to spend some time in adoration. Try to become at least a weekly adorer of Jesus in the most blessed sacrament. Start that, start that in the month of July. Right now that we're in the month of the precious blood of Jesus. This is the Terry and Jesse show. We promise to give you uh, full contact Catholicism. What that means is that we're not right versus left. We're right versus wrong. And I'm on duty. Terry, what about you? Yes, I'm on duty because every time I open that Bible of mine, I keep getting convicted more and more to Jesus Christ. And I think of the Old Testament, and we've been saying this uh, about Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 18. I'll read it again. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, you shall do not warn them of or speak out to dissuade the wicked from their evil conduct in order to save their lives, then they shall die for their sin. But Here's the part that got me. But I will hold you responsible for their blood. Well, just this really sets the stage for why we do what we do every day here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And today we have a very tough topic. And it's just difficult because I never thought I'd have to really address something like this. I'm sure bishops and cardinals, I'm going to quote here, uh, probably didn't think this would happen either. But a Catholic priest openly challenges Pope Francis. And I think he does it out of humility, not yeah, vindictiveness. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like people who come on and say, ah, you know, they're mean-spirited. No, this is out of love because he's doing it for the salvation of souls. And then our second topic, just <clears throat> this is amazing. Twelve million fatherless boys are out right in America today. They need an urgent rescue from this devastation that's going to take place. We know when dad is not in the home, chaos takes place. So we're going to cover that. And also our good friends at Church Militant, we're going to talk about the news updates, what they're dealing with, and much, much more. I also, Jesse, um, I wanted to do this before the good news, just a, a quick note, because this is the battle that we're in. The European Union is taking on Hungary to court for banning the LGBT material in schools. Hungary says they're a Christian nation, okay? Their president says, no, we're not going to take this immoral living style. This is against what we believe as Catholic Christians, and they're being pushed. And not only that, Jesse, not not only there, but in Slovakia, the same problem they're having right now. They've, They've voted three times to not have legalized gay marriage three separate times in national referendums, like California did. And the country uh, now, with their first former communist Eastern Bloc country, to legalize homosexual marriages. I would say this, Jess. I'm bringing this up because the church needs to speak out because we're being run over. If we don't speak up, the world, the devil, and the flesh is going to step on us. So there's much more. But I have one good news, good news story, Jess, and that is that Twitter reinstated a prominent journalist who was suspended for questioning the COVID jabs. He said the effectiveness. Well, now that we know after two and a half years of this that he was spot on, I have to at least say Twitter saying, well, wait a minute, the guy was spot on. But see, this is the, dis- this is the battle for information. That's my take on it, Jess. Yeah, I, I agree. Terry, by the way, Ezekiel 3.18, it really applies to what this, this priest letter to Pope Francis. Of Francis. course it does. I mean, I, I think uh, I think the prophet Ezekiel would be smiling at this young African priest from heaven, uh, based on the letter that he wrote. It's it's an Ezekiel three eighteen letter. Yeah. Let me just mention a few things before sure, we get let's to the hit gospel. It. Yeah. 
Catholic voters are shifting. I don't know if you realize that. There's new polling data that shows Catholics are divided over the midterm elections. Mm -hmm. While 44% of likely voters who identify as Catholics indicate support for Republicans (laughs) in their district, Mm -hmm. 43% support Democrats. 59% of all Catholics think the country is on the wrong track. You think? An overwhelming 82% of Catholics said that a candidate's support for religious freedom would make it more likely that they would support the candidate. That's a good sign right there. Yeah. Here's another news item. Pro-Life Corporation. Peter Rex, the founder and CEO of a Texas tech company, is offering benefits to employees who choose life. (laughs) I love it. Put your money where your mouth is. Here's what he said, his own words, a CEO. He says, quote, my business has decided to give up to $7,500 to employees who want to have their baby and give it up for adoption. Wow. He says, for me, the motivation for this policy as a CEO is equal parts personnel and professional. Mm -hmm. uh, Personal and professional. On the former front, I am passionately pro-life, yet there's also a strong corporate case to be made against abortion. God uh, bless the Texas CEO. I love it. Anything else? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, Catholic Vote is confronting Father James Martin. Good. In a series of tweets that are going back and forth, Catholic Vote has been confronted Father James Martin about his support for child sex changes. Yep. Father Martin had suggested that he was mischaracterized. He only believes in, quote, listening to expert about trans youth, he wrote. Mm Mm-hmm. But when the sexual abuse of children is at stake, the indecipherably vague listen to the experts is irresponsible, callous, and unacceptable coming from a member of the Catholic clergy. So Catholic vote has taken them on. Called them out. And, they, and they've basically responded yeah. that this celebrity, celebrity priest is promoting child sex changes. Also, Democrats are losing the Hispanic vote. Good. According to liberal analysts... Roy Texera, the Democrat Party's drift to the political left has has blinded them to a major threat. Relatively conservative Hispanic and working class Democrats are finding reasons to jump ship. By 66% to 28%, strong progressives say America is not the greatest country in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ray Texera r- reports by 70 to 23, Hispanics say the reverse and working class voters as a whole concur by 69 to 23. This doesn't bode well for Biden at the midterms. I love it. Jesse, let's get some soul food in us now, the real good news. Gospel of Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 and 9. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. You know, in, in the Bible, the sea is basically, it's a symbol of chaos, the Gentile world. Such large crowds gathered to get, gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood along the shore. By the way, the, a boat is a symbol for the church fathers of the church. And he, our Lord Jesus, spoke to them at length in parables, saying, By the way, when a prophet speaks in parables, it's because the, the authority has gone corrupt. The, uh, the establishment has gone corrupt. That's why prophets speak in parables. And our Lord is doing the same thing. He says, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed, that's the word of God, fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, where it had little soil, 
It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit, a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears ought to hear the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> so you, you, these are different types of souls, yep. of human souls. And our Lord is, is, is by, way of, by way of analogy, he's saying, okay, so here's one type of a soul. Seed, that, that's the gospel, the word of God, fell on that soul and the birds came and ate it up. In other words, the world just came and ate up, ate up whatever seeds of faith you had. Next one, the soul, the soul is rocky. It's like rocky ground. They heard the word of God, but it had little soil and so the soil was not deep, so the sun roasted it and scorched it. Once again, this person lost the faith. Number three, some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. Again, a third category of human person, uh, the word of God fell upon their heart, but there were thorns that grew up and choked it. The fourth type of person that we should all be, we want to get to heaven. Your soul should be like rich soil. You hear the word of God. It produces fruit a hundred or sixty or thirty fold. And how, how can that happen? You have to have ears to hear. Well said. Real quick with Bishop Sheen, let's get a full sheen ahead. He says that he said the final form of hatred of religion is a wish to defy God and to maintain one's own evil in the face of his goodness and power. That's our culture right now. He nailed it mm -hmm. 70 years ago. Jess, I know we're going to have our friends from Church Militant speak about this Cardinal Dolan endorsing Father James Martin. But again, this is, a, this is why we're speaking out regarding this priest who challenged Pope Francis, because it's about souls. Because think about it, Jess. If souls are saved, everything is saved. But if souls are not saved, then nothing is saved. So the number one thing we have to be dealing with is the salvation of souls. And even when the Holy Father doesn't speak clearly on things, then I'm not going to be silent. I'm going to humbly say, Holy Father, just like a spiritual father, Canon 2.12, you have a, I have a right to uh, ask you these questions. And that's what we're going to do from this holy priest. And I saw the interview on LifeSite. Jesse, this priest was so beautiful in the sense of his humility to say, Holy Father, please, for your children's needs, please answer these questions. And I think that some people are going to take this as maybe being critical, but I think we're doing the Holy Father a favor, Jesse. We really are by pointing these errors out. Terry, on, on just on a human level, yeah. if your earthly father was doing things that, oh, yeah. that are sinful and scandalous, yeah. you would have an obligation That's right. just based on, on, the, on the virtue of piety yeah. of piety yeah. to uh, correct your dad. Amen. Much more when we come back. Family, yep. stay with us here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio, the Terry and Jesse Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 526 2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We want to profile a young Orthodox African Opus Dei priest mm -hmm. 
who's been expelled from his order for criticizing Pope Francis' endorsement of same-sex civil unions and other and other points of uh, of doctrine that he's he wrote a letter. It's a very respectful letter. And uh, here's what the African priest says. This this is the fourth open letter from this Catholic priest from the Ivory Coast, written to Pope Francis, asking him to take the path of humility and to clarify his errors. The priest writes under the name of Father Jesus Mary Misigeto. Uh, he, again, you could read his first open letter, his second, and his third, but this one is the fourth. He writes, To the reigning pontiff, Pope Francis. So, very, very respectful introduction. Mm-hmm. Dearest Father, thank you for receiving this letter through the prelate of Opus Dei. May Mary and Joseph help you to guide the Catholic Church in the truth of Jesus Christ. On May 28, 2022, your response to my letter of appeal and to the five questions I had asked you was, was silence. Oh, Father, how sad, for your errors are grave and obvious. He writes on September 5, 2016, Father, since when has the virtue of chastity become an option? How is it possible for a pope to ignore what all Catholics with a minimum of Orthodox Christian formation and even non-Christians who strive to live the moral, the, the natural moral law. No! Chastity is never an option, but a serious moral duty for every human being. Unfortunately, on June 5th, 2017, you ordered that these three sentences be published as Magisterium Authenticum in the official Acta Apostolica Sedis. In over 2,000 years of Catholic history, this is the first papal doctrinal moral error thus recorded in the Vatican archives with the astonishing support of several cardinals, bishops, and priests like Perlin, Casper, Schonborn, Coco Palomario, Vellini, Supic, Gritsch, Paglia, Forte, Cicluna, Fenoy, McElroy, Spadaro, and Bourdin, etc. Wow. wow. <laughs> Moreover, does not this official publication clearly show your desire to impose the er- this error on all Catholics? Call into question the application of the dogma of infallibility to your pontificate. Could we not see here, a posteriori, the proof of a possible invalidity of your election to the chair of St. Peter? Again, this young, courageous, opus Dei uh, African priest, he doubles down on the dangers of Pope Francis' teachings. On December 10th, 2018, he said the following. If a group of medical experts confirmed to a woman that her future pregnancies will not pose a threat to her health or life, can that woman have her uterus removed because her future pregnancies will never come to term? Christian tradition has always answered no. Yet Pope Francis and the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith have answered yes, thus opening the door to direct sterilization. The first anti-natalist measure of the Catholic Church and the first error of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. In principle, writes this young African priest, Cardinal Luis Francisco Ladaria Ferrer, prefect of the of the CD, and Archbishop Giacomo Morandi, the CDF secretary, should have rectified 
and resigned long ago. Wow. Jesse, let me add on. This is very, he's nailing it. And I think that uh, you can see his humility. He's just calling the Pope to say, Pope uh, Francis, please take a look at this. You know, he, he says on October 4th, can a Pope preside over a pagan ceremony? You guys all remember the Pachamama? Pope Francis did so by even planting a sacrilegious tree in the Vatican Garden. We all saw that. Thus insulting the sincere faith of the Catholic faithful and converted from paganism. Now, Jesse, these letters, Bishop Athanasius Snyder basically has said that as a bishop. These are people who are— Cardinal Burke. Yeah, they've all said this, but there's been no response. And this is big. This is the big problem is he's not responding to the concerns of the church, whether they're priests, bishops, or knuckleheads like us, Joe Sixpacks. And that's why it, we, I think this letter, we continue, we want to continue on October 21st, Jess. What did he have to say then? 2020, uh, the, the African priest writes to the Holy Father. He says this, What we have to do is a civil coexistence law. They have the right to be covered legally. I defended this. These were Pope Francis's words in the documentary, the movie that was called Francesco. Right. So he writes, on September 15, 2021, you again publicly defended this idea. But Holy Father, when was the last time a Pope asked the Christian faithful in humanity to work for the establishment of homosexual cohabitation laws? Never. How is it possible that a Pope ignores God's sacred words about Sodom and Gomorrah? Their sin is so grave, Genesis 18.20. Because of this, Pope St. John Paul II and Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI Recall that every Christian has a duty to witness to the truth and to show absolute personal opposition to such laws. Otherwise, he commits a gravely moral act, according to the uh, Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith in 2003 under Cardinal Ratzinger. Yet for Cardinal Hollerich, the church's teaching that homosexuality is sin is false. For Cardinal Marx, homosexuality is not a sin. For Father James Martin, saying your love is a sin is an attack. Unbelievable. It should be noted that Hollerich, Marx, and Martin have been promoted to positions of responsibility and publicly praised by Pope Francis and not sanctioned. But Holy Father, why don't you see that all this makes you uh, uh, you their accomplice in sin? Yeah. Ezekiel Ezekiel 3.18. Yeah. Exactly. And this just goes on September 15, 2020. One, can a pope demand that all publicly pro-abortion politicians be admitted to the sacrament of the Eucharist? I mean, we all know what just took place. Pope Francis has publicly agreed with the incredible support of Cardinals Ladera, uh, Peter Turkson, Wilton Gregory, Archbishop Pagliaccio, and Michael Jackals, thus contradicting Catholic tradition opposed to this. And just, I just have to add one thing he didn't say, as as. Certain cardinals have said a second grader could have known that, and the Holy Father is agreeing with it, and that's just objectively false. Continue. Yeah, on June 11, 2022, in Italy, where you were the where you are the primate, Father Gabriel Davali blessed a homosexual couple with the agreement of Cardinal Matteo Mario Zuppa, yep. Archbishop of Bologna. Are you going to remain silent again, or are you going to defend the divine truth about marriage and family? Yeah. Oh, Father, speaking of Pope Francis, yeah. please remember the words of God the Father transmitted by St. Catherine of Siena about people who refuse to follow the absolute divine laws, the Ten Commandments. Yes. God the Father said, Masters and lords, unjust, they do not perform the duty 
to make virtuous men, blind and ignorant. They disregard the truth, my only begotten Son. They had lost the light of reason, just as truth is acquired by the light of faith, so infidelity leads to lies. Close quote. This is God the Father's dialogue with St. Catherine of Siena. Oh, yeah. Second response. God the Father says, O ignorant, O senseless ones, you insult me by transgressing my commandment. Take the key to obedience. Close quote. That's God the Father of St. Catherine of Siena. Wow. But, and, and the African young priest says to the Pope, O Father, why are you taking so long to rectify your obvious serious errors? Many Vatican analysts believe that you're part of the ecclesiastical masonry. Since Argentina, you're officially an honorary member of the Rotary International, usually considered close to Masonic lodges. In fact, your errors go in the same direction as those of masonry. Devaluation of the Eucharist, homosexual cohabitation laws, abortion, antinatalist measure of direct sterilization by hysterectomy, religious syncretism, etc. Moreover, Our Lady of Anguera seems to confirm this on March 24, 2022. Quote, Our Lady said the poison is in, is, in, is in the tree, not in the fruit. Close quote. The poison is in the tree, not in the fruit. Uh, again, the young priest tells the Holy Father, such membership in the, in, the, for the, in the Masons is forbidden and sanctioned with excommunication by the Catholic Church. He quotes all these documents. Yep. The, this, this young priest ends by saying, O Father, speaking of the Pope, you have only one way to clearly prove that you're, the, that you're a true Pope of the Catholic Church. Your actions, and not only your words. Indeed, Jesus, our Lord and Master, had already warned us, beware of false prophets. By their fruits you will know them, Matthew seven fifteen. Moreover, the Aristotelian Thomistic tradition has left us with a classic principle of truth and action, which means action follows being. Now your errors are attacking the family and marriage, and recall the words of Sister Lucia Fatima received from the Virgin Mary. The final battle between the Lord and the kingdom of Satan will be over family and marriage. Amen. However, Our Lady has already crushed his head. <laughs> oh, Father, I love you deeply, and I long for the salvation of your soul. Hence my boldness to speak to you with respect and clarity. In the presence of the whole family of your daughters and sons of the Catholic Church throughout the world, please remember the words of Jesus. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be, to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. I beg you, Pope, take the path of humility, for there is no other way to get to heaven. Pride does not lead to God because God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. At present, you have lost your moral prestige, but you may still be able to recover it if you are humble. Your son and Jesus, Mary and Joseph, Father Jesus, Mary, Misigeto. He made the big point, humble. You know, Jesse, I interview Bishop Joseph Strickland, a bishop, in our, and he says to me, Terry, if I ever deviate one iota from the Catholic Church teachings, don't wait until the show's over. Call me out right on the air. That's humility. And I really believe that that is the key. And that's why every Thursday night we pray for the Pope, the bishops, the cardinals, all of our clergy every Holy Thursday. Uh, we consider the Thursday night when the priesthood was given to our priests. So we need to make prayers for the Pope, the bishop, because this article really, and th- th- Jesse, there's so many other issues that he doesn't even cover And there's websites that point it all out. But we just, we don't do this as a vindictiveness. We do this because we have a love for the salvation of souls. I want to recommend a book, The Springtime That Never Came. Uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder has correcting Pope Francis many times 
on the Pachamama, but he does it in a way in saying that you have a moral obligation as the true shepherd for the flock to make these clarifications when there's things that are done wrong, to ask people to do reparation and clarify these things. So he's not the only one asking the Holy Father to respond. But again, Jesse, I don't see humility when you don't respond to a question. You know, I would be like you, Jess. Your kids come up to you and say, Jess, Father, I have a question about this. You say, no, son, you don't deserve an answer. What's that? What kind of father is that, Jess? I don't think that's a good father. That's all I can say. Terry, that's very disrespectful. It is disrespectful. I mean, it, does, it, doesn't, get, it doesn't get any worse than that. It's... Uh, Common decency, Terry, yep. tells you that anybody, you don't look at them with contempt. Everybody reser- deserves a response when they ask you a question with respect. That's what we call true love. If you love me, you tell me the truth. Hey, when we come back, Jess, great topic. 12 million fatherless boys need urgent rescue from this. We'll talk more when we come back, family. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. 12 million fatherless boys. And we're wondering why we have Antifa, Black Lives Matter, Occupy Wall Street, Jane's Revenge, Ruth sent us, uh, you know, Stop D.C., Terry, all these anarchists and all these gangs, just all these gangs, Hispanics, blacks, white gangs, Asian gangs, this all comes from one issue, one root cause, fatherless America. You got it. There's an army of 12 million boys roaming the nation without their biological fathers. That's scary. Not all boys are up to mischief or breaking the law. Some have no fathers due to death or misfortune. However, most are the products of irregular unions, shacking up, broken families, and abandonment. Thus, the overwhelming majority are in conditions that are asking for trouble. Yep. Fatherless boys represent a huge category. Numbering 12 million, they make up nearly a third of all boys. Unbelievable. These boys are more likely than those with biological fathers to join the ranks of those who commit crimes drop out of school, and commit suicide. And I can tell you, Paul Clay, Eddie Chavez, Ruben Alvin, myself, uh, we saw this firsthand for years and years. These young men are also much more likely to enter these paths than girls. Most young men who commit mass shootings come from this troubled demographic. And all... And what are we doing as a society? Well, all we're doing is treating the symptoms. We're not treating the root cause. Amen to that. Because the root cause is Jesus Christ and family. That's why. Yep. So such startling facts should give rise to obvious conclusions. The best way to help these unfortunate boys in society is to encourage families to stay together. What a novel idea. The church has been saying for 2,000 years. Let them be with their fathers. In this way, the problem is cut at its root. However, the problem is our liberal society insists on treating the symptom, not the root of the problem. You've got government agencies, starting with Lyndon B. Johnson back in the 60s. They'll extend mental health and, and counseling service to these unbalanced boys, special educational programs, 
They'll try to make up for the shortcomings of the 12 million fatherless homes. But governments, they will provide financial aid to broken families, but they they still can't buy you a father. These measures cannot solve the problem. The government can do little to provide the boys with what they really need. Their dads, their fathers. The real problem is a society that finds absent fathers and irregular unions acceptable. Since the 60s, people no longer see the family with both the father and the mother as the norm, and they promote free love instead. Adolescents are taught that they can be promiscuous without consequences. However, there are consequences, as seen in this army of 12 million fatherless boys roaming our nation's streets, Terry. Well said. And you know, like you said, that sexual revolution of the 1960s took this false theory of extreme limits. You know, it taught that every individual could engage in any consensual relationship as long as it had no direct consequences. Thus, the introduction of the pill and the contraception deprived these free relationships of the consequences of offspring. But when contraception failed, abortion ensured a person's freedom could continue unobstructed. But when when, love—let's check this out— when free love gave rise to the actual birth, it imposed no direct obligation upon the father. That's true. That was Johnson, a big program. Without the vows of matrimony, the father is free to leave without legal penalty, and the mother or the government is left with the task of raising a son who joins that army of 12 million fatherless boys. Jesse, this whole thing on the, this when gratification harms the society. That's another good point. Let's talk about that. Yeah. The friction, the fiction of individual autonomy yeah. teaches that acts should have no consequences beyond gratification. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is the, yep. the, 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 the we live in a, the, a society that just seeks titillation. It feels good, do it. Yep. Yeah. People can supposedly control their pleasure by indulging in free love, huh. drugs, and aberrant lifestyles without harming society. Well, that's patently false. Yep. Because uh, your sin, my sin, affects other people. St. Paul talks about it even within the body of Christ. However, such reasoning is wrong that our sin has no effect on other people. Every social act has an impact on society and especially the family. Actions have consequences beyond self, and people need to act accordingly. If something harms society... The person has no right to do it. Justice is the virtue where all are given what is due to them. Individuals sin against justice when by negligence they harm themselves, burden their families, deprive society of their talents, and incur needless government expense. Well said. Well said. This logic applies in the case of fatherless boys. The actions of parents have consequences. The man deprives a son of a father. The mother, heroic though she might, she might later be, fails to engage in a stable relationship that will provide the boy with protection. Society is deprived of a healthy unit needed to build society. The government is often called to provide assistance, or the government's oftentimes called to intervene with the police department. Yeah. But what, well, the bottom line is what? The boys are the victim. The boys are the victim. The most unfortunate victim of the two parents' negligence is the boy. Yep. When aborted, 
an individual with a unique mission in history is eliminated, and that plan of God for him is forever lost. Wow, think of when that. When born, yeah, think about that. When born, the boy is deprived of the father, who should be his blueprint, protector, teacher, and moral compass. He will never know the security and comfort of a father and a mother, united in purpose and love. He will not grow up in a family of natural siblings who will help him preserve his innocence. In other words, Terry, without a father, a boy is unprotected. That's, that's what that's, of course. Is, that, that statement just made. Yes. The child suffers more because broken families do not integrate well into a community. Those who do not follow God's law or are hardened in sin rarely open themselves up to the saving actions of the Catholic Church. Terry? Yeah, see, in this article, it doesn't talk about this, but I know from uh, Dr. Cameron from 30 years ago, the statistics show many men who are saying they're homosexual, if you ask them what kind of relationship they had with their father, they're going to say either very little or none. That's just the facts. So that's part of what this fruit is bearing. It's, it's really bad news. Yeah. Let's admit this. Boys and girls are not equal. With all these consequences also also apply to girls, the father and his boys especially hit hard. Contrary to the egalitarian lies that claim boys and girls are equal, the experience of fatherlessness proves the opposite. The boy reacts differently to the father's da- absence than the girl, who can, find, who can find solace and consonance with her mother. Thus, fatherless boys go astray at a far higher rate than fatherless girls. The boy does not know how to channel this, his rough energies into protection. He does not understand the world without role models of courage and strength. The deprived boy becomes cynical, resentful, and aggressive. In other words, this is a blueprint to raise a monster. The Institute for Family Studies describes the tragic results of fatherless boys well. The decline of marriage and rise of fatherlessness in America remain at the center of some of the biggest problems facing a nation, crime, and violence, school failure, deaths of despair, and children in poverty. We're dealing with an army of 12 millionary misfits, potential monsters. Society has the right to defend itself against this scourge. Governments can hold young people accountable for their irresponsible acts. The culture can be a powerful weapon to censure impurity and make child abandonment unacceptable. The traditional family can encourage members to honor the family's reputation. The church teaches the joys and possibility of practicing purity. All these influences now find their counterparts in the present-day society, promoting an opposing gender, government, education, Hollywood, progressive clergy, and many other factors conspire against every boy who dares to be born. What began as a small number of unfortunate boys has now ballooned into an army of 12 million. Most people don't de- refuse to deal with these issues. They insist that the government look at the symptoms, not the cause. That's right. With programs, not institutions. Dealing with causes calls upon people to change their lives and the culture they enjoy. The time is coming when the immensity of the crisis will overwhelm our nation. Meanwhile, the most precious thing a mother can give her young son is a father. If she stays with the father for life, she gives her son a fighting chance for survival. The most precious thing a father to son can receive from anyone is an introduction to a mother, the blessed mother. Devotion to her will lead to her divine son, Jesus, giving that boy every advantage in fighting the culture and help him become the father he never had. Yeah, Jesse, statistically, we've used this quote from 1999, a European study, a father who doesn't 
practice his faith in the family, the children are lack are very uh, the chances of them living the faith are about twenty percent. Way no way less actually. <laughs> it's even less than twenty because I get. Oh yeah. Okay, so it's probably a small amount. But here's the statistic: and if the father is practicing his faith, okay, by far the majority of those children will live yes. the faith. Now, the opposite side of that is if mom's practicing, she doesn't have that same effect on the family. This is why this article only, fi- only five percent, small percent, yeah, it's in it's single digits. Yeah, and so it's very it's minute really compared to the father. The point I'm making is this whole point about fa- the fatherless America is what we have right now. Twelve million kids. This needs to be turned around or the country won't be turned around. And the church has been speaking on this the way the family goes is the way the culture goes. So I think it's important that we stop throwing the money. Uh, you know, if someone's voting, you're voting in the midterms and they say, we need more money for X, Y, and Z. You know what? They don't need more money. They need to address the problem, not the symptom. And that's what this article is pointing out. Yeah. And the whole problem here, Terry, is moral relativism. Of course. Our country is bought into the, the culture because it's so powerful. Music, language, and and, uh, and movies, yeah. and education. The culture is bought into moral relativism. And so most people believe that, uh, yeah, you don't need a father. You can uh, raise kids on your own, or you can have some other arrangement, like two dads or two moms. Exactly. And that's why we're in the mess we're in. When we come back, Church Militant James Fudua will be with us. Stay with us, family. More on the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We got the church militant update on church news, politics, and the culture wars. We've got James Fedua on the Terry and Jesse Show. James, how are you, my friend? What's going on in the world of the church and the culture? Thanks for, thanks for having me on. You know, the, the hosts always fight each other to see who uh, gets to be on Terry and Jesse on Wednesday. So I, I won this round, but we'll see what goes on. So, But yeah, the, the first uh, story I got for you guys tonight is... Uh, Archbishop, uh, or I'm sorry, Cardinal Dolan out in New York. He is uh, endorsing uh, Father James Martin's newest LGBT outreach uh, website called Outreach. Uh, you know, pointing people down a path of sin. I mean, it's the same, you know, James Martin stuff we always, always report on, it seems. Yeah. Uh, but Cardinal Dolan is, is backing him with that. Isn't it true, James, that this uh, event has one of the keynote speakers, Father Brian Masigaleo? He openly is a homosexual priest at Fordham University and a professor who supports same-sex marriage. And here it comes, and he's denied the existence of absolute moral laws. Is that true? I I would have to uh, double-check on that, but it would not Well, uh, I got the facts me. of it. I, I got an article. That's why when you told us you're going to be speaking. This is crazy that the Cardinal yeah. would be supporting such an event. That's my bottom line. You guys are going to share more in the news on this, but I just, I just find that James Martin saying that St. Paul was wrong when he spoke about homosexuality, that's pretty bold. And to support someone who goes against the Bible as clear as Father James Martin does, it makes oh, yeah. no sense. Yeah, he's even like, you know, the, during a Pride Month, uh, w- the month of the Sacred Heart, which yeah. is what it actually is, but yeah. now it's called Pride Month by the Secular World. Right. Uh, he, he sort of tried to conflate, you know, Pride and Pride in the Sacred Heart are all, you know, one and the same uh. thing, teaches us how to love and who to oh. love, you know. 
he's he's watering down the faith, and that's why so Amen. many people are are just falling away from it. Yeah, you know, Thank James, you. I, I, Father James Martin seems to be the front man, and what I see right here, I, I I see very clearly. I don't know if anybody else sees it. There is a cabal of homosexual prelates in high places right. that are trying to normalize homosexuality yep. in the Catholic Church, and they're doing it. I mean, you got uh, you know, Perlin, Casper, Sean Byrne, Coco Palomero, I mean, Vellini, yeah. Supich, Gretsch, Paglia, Forte, uh, <laughs> McElroy. I mean, the list goes on. <laughs> yes. uh, but I, I think the front man, the one that they're really using uh, for whatever reason, I guess because he's got a big following on, on, on social media, and he's also the editor of America Magazine, they're really using and, and backing up Father James Morton to try to normalize homosexuality throughout the Catholic Church. That's... Hundreds of thousands of followers uh, James Martin has on Twitter. Uh, I think it's even more on Facebook, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm correct. He, yeah, he's, he definitely has some pull with people, so they're, that's why they're backing him, because he'll kind of, you know, a lot of these guys in the uh, clergy, in, within the uh, USCCB and, and around the world, are if not gay themselves, they're very, very gay-friendly. So he's the one that'll kind of soften the hearts of the faithful on this, so that's why they, they get behind him on that. And that's why it's important that Church Militant exposes this. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah, and we'll do it every every night on Evening News. All yep. like The first 10 stories almost are almost always bishops uh, betraying the faithful, cozying up to the LGBT agenda. I wish we could end that. I mean, you guys could have another thing to talk about, but these are the facts right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually we actually got our. We're doing every every night after our evening news. We're doing a little. Uh, it's called a uh, uh, fighting for the future. A little fundraiser we're doing. Yeah, I've been watching. We got a question from somebody saying, "Why are you guys doing all these evil bishop stories? Why don't you do something yeah. good?" Well, these are the stories that we have to talk about. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We'd like not to, but that's the facts. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The, the last thing I just I want to mention is uh, is that Father James Martin. It's not going to, if he doesn't repent, it's not going to go very well at his judgment. I'll tell you why. He's confusing a lot of young Catholics. You see a lot of young Catholics on social media. They're saying, hey, Mr. Romero, you got Father James Martin that says the exact opposite of what you say. He's got a Roman collar. He's ordained as a Catholic priest. He speaks with the authority of Pope Francis. You don't. You don't speak with the authority of Pope Francis. You don't have a Roman collar. You're not ordained. This man is doing so much damage, and I just hope and pray that he comes and sees the light of Christ before he dies, Absolutely. because it's not going to be very pretty at, at his exit interview. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> James, what else do we have? Because we got about eight minutes. I'm all Yeah, ready. so uh, one other thing I want to mention is, yeah, we're out of time, but I want to skip over to our yeah. sort of keeping with the LGBT agenda. Sure. The, the House voted to yeah. uh, codify, or I'm not sure, like yeah. legalize right. gay, gay marriage around... The country. Yep. Um, so 47 rhinos, Republicans in name only, voted with the Democrats oh on my this. God. The bill's going to the Senate, so it's not official yet. But uh, 47 Republicans sided with the Dems on this. And we, Church Milton, are going to point out the Catholics, the, the kinos, we like to call them, Catholics in name only, <laughs> that, that voted for this thing. Good for you, yeah. as you yeah. should. Yeah, he, you know, he, he, just here's the lay of the field. The Democrat Party is a wicked, diabolical party. They're, they're basically, stick a fork at them, they're cooked. The Republican Party has been infiltrated. They, yep. they have good party platform principles, 
but they have been infiltrated by some bad people as well. Oh, and yeah. so I, I would I tell people the Democrat Party has fourth stage cancer. There's nothing you can do to rehabilitate them. The Republican Party has first stage cancer. They're still redeemable. That's the way <laughs> I look at it. Yeah, we need we need good people to to step up. I, we know in uh, Maryland, the uh, uh, Dan Cox just won for the, uh, the the primary for the governorship there. So he's a he's a faithful Catholic. He's going to be at our call to action convention speaking right. there. Right. Um, so that's good. But we need we, we need more people like him uh, stepping up and, and, and kicking these 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 rhinos, these these fake Catholics, these fake Republicans out. Yeah. Hey, what about uh, tell us a little bit about the Pachamama story. I, I see you have here's one of the news items. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pope Francis is going to Canada mm -hmm. and we, we have this story titled Echoes of Pachamama because yeah. He's he's going to apologize to the to the native peoples for the whole uh, the the unknown graves of the the native children that happened a while ago, um, but he's going the, the 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 native peoples there are preparing this ritual for him where they're going to, you know, mash herbs in in a pot and like sprinkle them on his head as sort of like a welcoming thing, but it's it's pagan, so why would Pope Francis? take part in this why is he not sounding the alarm and th this is this why it's called echoes of pachamama this is the same thing that we saw with the amazon synod he he was almost like like dancing in front of this statue this pachamama statue and like almost worshiping it i i so there was, all the faithful were kind of like what's going on here where, where does your allegiance lie pope francis so this is just another thing that's kind of true to true to Pope Francis, his fashion, you know, just confusing, weird, and that we're not really getting any answers on it. You know, what's in, you know, what's interesting is that when you look at the Ten Commandments and you talk to anybody in, in moral theology, they'll tell you that the most egregious commandment to break, the one that offends God the most, is the first commandment. Yeah. That's the that's that's the worst commandment. Yep. Yeah, there you go. And so the, the worship of the Pachamama idol or, or anything re resembling the Pachamama uh, idol, that falls under the sin, violation of the first commandment. That's the worst sin you can commit. Yeah. I remember Cardinal Raymond Burke, he said that when that action took place in the Vatican Gardens, Cardinal Raymond Burke said, that that action in the presence of the Holy Father, it opened the door to the diabolical yep. inside the Vatican. That was a very yeah. strong statement, it but it does, because the, the Pachamama, I mean, some people are trying to say, oh, that's the Blessed Virgin Mary. No, it's not. It's, an, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a pagan Amazonian goddess. And in fact, if you look at Psalm 95, the Bible says that the, God, the gods, lowercase g, the gods of the Gentiles are demons. So according to Psalm 95, Pachamama is a demon. James. Yeah. Comments? Yeah, he he's still the pope. There's a lot of people that would jump the gun even further and say, you know, he's he's forfeited his 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 pope. Nah, he's a pope. He's a pope. Yeah. He, he is the pope, but uh, you know, again, and as as in addition to endangering his own soul on this, he's also leading like like Father James Martin like like loads of other bishops he's also leading a lot of faithful astray because because they're looking at this again just just confused and and they're like okay so you know I, I should be against this but here the Pope is doing it 
So now my efforts to evangelize my you know, lost brothers and sisters are now incredibly hard, like much harder because now they can say, well, the Pope, the Pope did it, so are you going to go against your own Pope? So it's just, it's chaos. Yeah, right it now. is. And his role has been taught for 2,000 years is to confirm us in our faith, not to confuse us in our faith. And yeah. I hate to have to say it that way, but The Springtime That Never Came by Bishop Snyder is a book that handles a lot of these things that we're talking about, and we're carrying that book because anything Bishop Snyder does, I'm telling you, in my opinion, if I was a voting uh, number of uh, the next conclave, he'd be uh, top on the list. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, there's a lot of, I shouldn't say there's a lot. There's, there's, there's some good cardinals now, but, uh, you know, they've been slowly, I mean, Pope Francis has elevated people that he likes and that are on his side, so we'll, we'll see what happens. What's, what's the final story? So I want to just sort of plug our call to action convention coming up at the end of August. Oh, yeah. Um, we really want people to sign up for that. This is going to give you the, the tools, give the faithful the tools to, you know, fight against these, these corrupt bishops and these corrupt politicians. They're, they're everywhere, it seems, and they're destroying mm -hmm. the church. They're destroying our country, America, and they're destroying the world, frankly. So we need to fight against this. And this convention, this call to action convention is going to give you the tools to do that and, and the knowledge to do that. And the best way to register for the conference is to do what? Go to, go to our website and uh, it should be right there on the window. We're, we're, we're pushing it like crazy. So uh, yeah, anywhere you can see on our site where it says call to action convention, click it, register and uh, secure your spot. Awesome. James, thank you for giving us the content of the show for the news for tomorrow, for this evening. I appreciate your work and what you guys are doing. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Terry. God love you. Keep brother. up the good work, James. Yeah, you bet. You know, Jesse, this show that we just did, we need prayer. We need reparation, atonement. Remember, Our Lady said it's at Fatima, souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. But with weak leadership, there needs to be a lot of reparation made. So I want to ask people to, you know, follow Our Lady's call and pray for poor sinners. Pray for Holy Mother, the church. Jesse, what state should we be living in, brother? Let's live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. And remember at the second coming of Christ, you're going to hear the saints and angels coming down from heaven on white horses, and they're going to say what? Christ conquers. Christ reigns. Christ commands. Yep. Know your Catholic faith. Live your Catholic faith. Spread your Catholic faith. Be holy or die trying. Thanks again, folks, for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful. Go to our website, vmpr.org. Find out about Bishop Strickland's show from yesterday. Fantastic show. Stay with us. God bless you and your family.